This is the podcast where I get people into a room and ask them the question, what is your biggest fear? This is episode number six and I have two brilliant people on the panel as always. Um, if you want to go back to previous episodes, please do. We've had loads of great guests. Um, we've had Tara Stewart from 2FM. We've had Kellyanne Byrne from Today FM. Elva Carey from Girl Crew. Um, she was absolutely hilarious. We had Anna Jacob from Sing Along Social. Lots, lots more. Um, so you can head over to headstuff.org and you can have a look back at previous episodes um, or you can just make your own life mad easy and just subscribe to the podcast and then I just slide on into your queue you don't need to worry about anything else um okay this is episode six hope you enjoy it I said swish swish bish which is oh, uh Katie Perry it's a more goodness. disappointing it's a <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her that much you are very welcome to the fear fun podcast this is number six and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Radio veteran, DJ, excellent advice giver, and one of the soundest you can possibly meet, Mr. Ed Smith from Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you very much. Can we just uh, Ed, Ed, rewind Ed. a little bit? The veteran side of things, we can discuss that off air. It's not an ageist statement. It's just that you've veteran. like... It's like I wasn't in Vietnam. I, I don't think I'm... You wouldn't know you were. You were Iranian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also joined by the marvellous, marvellous other voice you can hear coming through there. Comedian, writer, Atlas and host... Ac- Did I just say Atlas? I like it. Keep it. Okay. Atlas. I'm going to start again. <laughs> <laughs> An emotional roadmap. <laughs> Comedian, fantastic. writer, actress and host of the world famous and completely deadly Alison Spittle podcast on this very network, Headstuff Network. It's Alison Spittle. Hey. Hey. I made some weird sounds into the microphone, which I shouldn't have done. I went, oh, mm, bish. Um, so there we go. Um, would you say bish? Are you trying to I think I'm trying to Katy Perry this situation up a bit, drop some Perry. And How does one Katy Perry a situation? By saying the word bish, <laughs> which swish, you did off air a second ago. That's swish, true. bish. Swish, swish, bish. swish, swish, bish. And then I want dangerous. basket. Ed's like, I'm not old. I'm not a veteran. I'm not a veteran. I'm down with this Catherine Perry. What is this swish thing now? (laughs) (laughs) All the young kids love Isn't she trying to buy a convent? Isn't that lovely? Lovely. Is she actually? She killed a nun. What? Yeah. Mm. Hold on. I killed a nun and I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Is this libelous? Claire is very delicate today. She is trying to buy a convent. The nuns that own it or were living there before put a lawsuit up in her grill. Mm-hmm. Trying to sound younger, <laughs> and uh, she, the one of the nuns that was at the courtroom dropped dead. Oh, during the case. Um, yeah, that's so outrageous. Bish, swish, bish. Not so was swish. that the one that was putting up the objection? Because that kind of works. She was, I think, yeah. 112 herself. So the ultimate objection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I rest my case yeah. and my life. Oh my goodness. And um, so how is everyone, lads? Excellent. How are you getting actually, on? Thanks yeah. for I'm thanks good. for it. I'm good. It's a very warm day today. It I is. I had two gin and tonics last night and therefore I want to die today. But <laughs> why do you want to die? I do they just kind of go down the wrong way? I'm out, I'm trying to figure out like I keep going, I'll quit alcohol. Um, because I just can't deal with hangovers and then someone pulls me back in by going maybe it's the specific alcohol you're drinking so why don't you try them so I'm trying all the different ones and gin's and, not for you and I really love gin gin is a tasty tasty drink mm-hmm. but um, yeah I'm just, I, I was on a plane today I watched um, Marissa die in um, the OC I spoiler seen alert that's on the joke <laughs> Don't I wasn't sure if you were real there. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> He's my Amazing. favorite one in the OC. <laughs> oh I watched goodness. that right before takeoff. And oh, I was lovely. like, why am I doing this? Why? <laughs> why were you on a plane? I did the comedy store last night in London. Wow. So super, super. Ooh, how did it go? Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, English comedians are very slick. And uh, I thought, I'll go over here now and I'll make a bit of a splash. And uh, I made a, a tiny ripple, I would say. And That's I will fun. come back and make a bigger splash. Yeah, I, I don't like people that like go, it went great. It went grand. It went grand. And uh, I'll do better next time. Yeah. Yeah. That's better to be honest. Six minutes. Ooh. It was 15 acts on. And it was like in front of industry, they call it. So oh. that's like 
in front of important people. So it's and harder I, to make them laugh then because they're just like, mm-hmm. And I totally let the occasion get to me. Oh. I just, I got a bit nervous, I won't lie. And uh, yeah, it wasn't Alison's How does that manifest day. itself, the nerves? Is it kind of um, missing I talk timing? faster. Okay. Missing timing. Uh, also, I look down and I might get unnecessarily aggressive. Do you know <laughs> where you get nervous or you're about to ask out someone when you're 15 you're like, I didn't like you anyway or whatever. Yeah. That's what I'm like with an audience. I'm like, I didn't even want to make you didn't laugh anyway. Talking their collective, yeah. you know, ponytails. When you were a kid, the pigtails. Yeah, yeah, that's what I totally was like. Oh, well. um, Is six minutes a long or a short time for... St- I've never done any yeah. stand-up. Like very how short. It's very short. Very okay. short. You're supposed to start off with seven minutes and uh, as an open spot. And then you... You uh, graduate to uh, 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and then oh, 20. Okay, so there's like actual markers there's that actual, you're kind of thinking when you're writing stuff. Yeah, oh. and then that, so like a headliner will do maybe 35 minutes. And if you're doing an hour long show, you're in a different rhythm at that point then. So there's no, with an hour long show, you don't have to do like, hey, hey, quick, bang, bang, quick, you can whatever. Let the jokes develop and percolate. Yeah, and <coughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's I love letting stuff develop and, and percolate, percolate baby. and just and just uh, going on whims and you can't go on a whim in six minutes. Mm-hmm. And there were so many good people on. I so I discovered so many great comedians last night as well. So I mean, there's that. And I went to the M and M store. So <laughs> oh my god, the rapper or the sweet? Uh, the sweet. Oh, I never bought okay. anything. Do you know any? You M&M? didn't buy anything. No. What? In so you would think. Tr- is it four stories dedicated to M&M's there would be in London in London that is demented there's a there's a four story uh, shop dedicated to M&M's and they don't sell uh, different M&M's to the normal M&M's there's no peanut M&M's there's no like, what oh they're my favourites you see yeah. peanuts or the ones with the, the crispy shell the blue ones they're yeah. class yeah or you can get like birthday cake flavoured ones my fear would America. be that I think there would be a front for Scientology or something that if you were <laughs> it's luring you in oh and then if you were to scratch the surface, I'll see the yellow one. Okay. Um, it, you're, it'll be Tom Cruise's face. Oh, nice. Underneath it. I think that's a kind of like a, a kind of luring in I people see. to get them trapped I in Scientology. Um, I don't know that for on. a fact. No. Let's back up the M&M <laughs> truck for a minute. They only sell like the normal brown ones. But yeah, but oh. lots of different colours. And you can personalise your M&M. So you could write like, you know. Alison is class or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Alice. that's actually yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> 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 the full gamut of the English language. <laughs> I'm class. I'm class. <laughs> <laughs> or like up the rap or oh something. My God. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to put. Like, yeah. Um. So you could do that if you wanted to, or you could, or you could buy M and M's in different uh, shaped um, containers. Okay. That's that's another option. And also, there's art. You can take pictures. It's a bit of a tourist trap. Mm. It was open until twelve o'clock at night. And there was like a lot of security. What at kind of people time. would you think? I know. Would I would go to an M and N store before twelve. What would I would wonder is going through their blood at that very moment, <laughs> legal or otherwise? Lots well, of M and M. Hey, dude, let's get out of the M and N store. It'd be cool if there was a big pool that you like could jump basically. into and just be like yeah. Oh, yeah, rolling around, just like oh, like drowning yourself in M and M. Sorry. <laughs> what a way to go! <laughs> just she died as she lived. <laughs> They're going specifically into the blue M&M's and they're like, blue ghosties. And it's just... Yeah, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. Um, I would just, as an aside, this podcast doesn't have a sponsor. So if M&M's or otherwise anyone would like to pay me money to hawk their shit, I will totally do yeah. that for you. Yeah, do you, um who uh, who else would be? I'd love I'd love Blue Apron as a sponsor. That would be pretty cool. I, I don't think yeah. we have Blue Apron h- in Ireland. Do no. Delight. I would I, in principle I couldn't take sponsorship from Turkish Delight. You don't like Turkey? See, I like foul. I like it. It kind of tastes like potpourri, but it in does. a good way. Happiness <laughs> antimatter. It is happiness antimatter. I would I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it under the wheel of my car to get me out of a snowdrift. Oh. But apart from that, I'm wide open. Right. But I'm not going anywhere near Turkish Delight. Jesus. It is foul. Gosh, that this Turkish delight debate is gonna get so much yeah. harder as the months go on. You I know? think it's gonna really, <laughs> gonna kick off internationally. I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm just so I'm happy that like loads of people don't like it because it's just more for me. Nice. You know, like this big box of sweets. I love like the the cream, like the coffee cream, strawberry cream, orange cream, oh, and yeah. the Turkish delight. I am like the dusty bin of the sharing a box of chocolates. You are. So, what's your favorite celebration? I. Like the very 
Bounty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to go Bounty as well. I do. I like the Bounty and I like the Malteser because it's like a slightly bigger Malteser with thicker chocolate. That is true. What about you? Um, I'm a Milky Way lady. I like Milky Ways. They're probably the third least... Um, mm least liked what yeah. I like to do with the Milky Way is nibble off all of the chocolate and then I kind of squish it with yes. my fingers like yes. squish all of yes. the air out of it and then just like eat it sweet mala sweet mm. sweet mala although so I just good. do it out of mala just like squish it up and put it in your mouth oh, I wish it was Christmas did you, meet yeah. ma- did you eat mala when you were a kid because uh, I thought it would taste no. good did you ever eat the homemade mala you know the stuff you can make it was yeah. like salt and flour or whatever you just I would have eaten the, um, the bird's jelly gelatinous kind of <gasps> pre-cooked Jelly. Oh yeah, that's grand. That's just like a big sweet. Yeah, it's like a jelly stock cube. It's <laughs> exactly. <very> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We should say for our international audience oh, listening out to Ireland, mola is basically like play doh, but yeah. it's like the Irish version, and it's much thicker, and you had to Plasticine, really, you had to yeah. really work it. You had to work yeah. it with your fingers did to you get, get it malleable. Little tiles of Lionel that you put your mala onto, or did you go bareback with the mala? Just onto the kitchen table. Oh, oh my ooh, gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it, it was just, it was like one of those 70s, like not a real wooden kitchen table, but oh. like a plastic wooden Formica, table. That, thank you very much. I know I'm a veteran, but I know a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> but About 70s let's, furniture. Let's make, let's, make, let's make 700 snakes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would be the full <gasps> gamut of your yeah, very good. I'm making a cake, and yeah. then you get your knife and you just break it in half. And they, c- <laughs> and then I come along and eat it. I'm like, oh, brilliant cake! No matter what color combination, it would always turn out that kind of grey. Yeah, or it brown, like an elephant's trunk kind of color. Mm. If that's such a thing, but mm. there you go. It sure is. Or brown. We've kind of like naturally segued into childhood stuff now, oh. and so I was kind of oh. chatting to both of you uh, separately just on WhatsApp because you know the whole premise of us coming into this room to talk crap is what yeah. is your biggest fear um and ed you described your childhood self as a fearful flower i Aww. was afraid even if, the, if someone had written the words down written the word scared down i would have gotten scared by seeing that word. i was afraid of everything okay i was a very shy uh, tremulous child and you wear glasses now but you're not fully blind so your worst childhood fear hasn't come true it's not what you think people oh that, my, that was my childhood no, I was a, f- a genuine. When I went through a period of my life for about four years, from the eight, ages of eight to twelve, maybe even thirteen, of this is the time when people there was a lot of fear in the media. Everything was going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember like, where's the granddad ads and. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid of because I watched so much television that it was going to blind me. So you're watching cartoons, being like, "I might die from this." Because if I you sit too it. close to the television, remember that was the thing back in the day that I could feel sometimes through my. Uh, paranoia my eyes dissolving in my in my skull Jesus Christ from wow. watching too much television and then at night time you're naturally hard of sight <laughs> and I would think that's it my eyes have collapsed from watching so too much so like elf. your parents would go good night now too turn off the light yeah, and you'd be like oh god yeah and it even turned I'd even turn down the brightness of the television and sit that big further back just to give myself another couple of months of sight but yeah. still but still watch TV oh yeah like I mean <laughs> You know, I'm not an animal. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I would watch at least six or seven hours on a good evening. Oh, uh, my goodness. Because my father ran a pub, so he was in and out. My mother was busy. Mm-hmm. So I'd plot myself down around three o'clock. Easy go to nine, half nine. Mm. Constant. I was told your eyes would go square if you uh, watch too much TV. Were you told that at all, or was it just, just, just straight no, to blindness? Just no, straight to blindness, yeah. Okay. Uh, there was no messing, very puritanical in our uh, mm. unsubstantiated fear mongering. So it was like, yeah, and then uh, my grandfather, I remember, I'll never, it took me a long time to get over this, my sister saying, my father, or my grandfather saying to my sister, he watches a lot of telly. And she goes, it's all he does, granddad, it's all he does. And with a very kind of winsome, sad, mm-hmm. kind of almost looking out the window. And I overheard them, and it—I was absolutely heartbroken. Oh, and for that, for that, ho- for that, ho- well, it's okay. For that, ho- well, actually, it's not. But for that holiday, I made a, <laughs> a very petty point of not watching any telly. Look at me oh. walking outside, <laughs> looking at the sun directly. So what did <laughs> you Take do that. instead? Uh, I just walked the farm, walked the walked the earth, oh. like kung fu, and I, it was very difficult. I went cold turkey for a full three or four days out of a very petty principle stance. But as soon as we go back to Cork. I climbed out the window of the car, into through the kitchen window to get to the television. But for those few days, I was a man of freedom. I didn't learn anything from that. Yeah. Obviously. You got some nice fresh air to walk around a yes, farm. Yes, there isn't much fresh air on a farm, ironically. But <laughs> yeah. I did, I did as, a, as, a, as a point of principle. I'll show them. And I would walk around. Go, What's, are you okay? Are you, are you coming in? No, no. And I stare at the grass. 
do you think they're they may be like for a bet like did it on purpose to try and set you up like uh, possible? very possible but i was it was very kind of cinematic almost because walking around the corner and i stopped with my back against the wall and my grandfather was in his room my sister was chatting with him and I, you could almost spit scream Mm-hmm. And in my head, it was like very disapproving and judgmental, oh. and I flounced off. Oh my goodness! With my eyes intact. Yeah, because I found out recently, and I mean like very recently, like in the last six months, um, for years, myself, and my best friend thought we accidentally fed her parents a pizza with weed on it because <laughs> there was one pizza with weed and one pizza with no weed, and they came oh. into the room and they're like, "Oh, pizza, thanks!" and took the weed one and went into sit, and we we're like, "Oh my god, we just gave them weed wow. pizza!" Blah blah. blah. We we're like freaking out, and I like this is we were like fifteen or something, and now we're no longer 15 we're in our 30s let's just say and we're having a cup of tea with my friend's mum and we probably like do you know this one time we once accidentally fed you weed pizza and I've never seen someone crease up laughing so much she like was whizzing herself laughing she goes do you think that we didn't know oh, oh. no oh there it is okay Incredible. they did it on purpose that's, they were like sweet that's very sweet that's very sweet bon appetit uh, delicious well, wheat pizza yeah. is a good one, isn't it? It kind of cuts out the middleman because when you get the munchies, yeah, it's it's a real kind of dragon's den scenario, isn't it? Kind yeah, of. I just I can't smoke weed because there would be literally there's no food left for anybody else, no. like in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> like Doctor Utker, more like Doctor Greenfum. Oh. Oh. I don't Dr. know Marianne, I don't know what that means. But I'm going with it. You want some marijuana sauce? Doctor Utker <laughs> sounds like a Hash browns. It, it just sounds like a, yes. a, a, a Nazi professor that would torture people during yeah. World War II. It's the most un-pizza-like appetizing name. But maybe Dr. he tortured... Mm. Mm, maybe he tortured him with pizza. Maybe he, maybe he like, did. How many pizzas could I feed? <laughs> you know. Case study number one, 43 pizzas. <laughs> yeah. Name, Claire Beth. <laughs> I'd be still eating, being like, sorry. <laughs> you know that scene in, scene in The Simpsons where the like, there's the all-you-can-eat... Um, Seafood restaurant. He's oh, like, yes. it's not a man, but a monster. Yeah. <laughs> what, and what was it like? It's not a challenge. All you can eat is not a challenge. Uh, Nobody uh, tell me that. So no. I love food Dr. so much. Utka. I have such. Uh, I'm so bad with buffets, though. Like I just go over the top. This if portion control is not something that. I, I just it just doesn't exist in my world and I can't separate the sauces especially with a Chinese buffet mm. uh, you know you go for your sweet you go for your savoury you go for uh, your vegetables and stuff and then it all melds into the one horrible puddle on the plate and then you go I used to love Chinese food, but now I don't. You That's see, I, I, c- I can't do Chinese buffet full stop. I was thinking more of like a breakfast buffet in a hotel. Oh, yes. Because I'll tell you my why. My favourite of the buffet. Oh yes. my God, so good. But the reason... Warren buffet. I have... my personal He's dreaming. Oh, first thing in the morning of the choice. Phoebe's a close second. <laughs> um. So, yeah, no, I, I'm... Look... Anything that requires a sneeze guard is not for me. Okay. Okay. So breakfast buffet is fine because it's the metal <gasps> oh, thing. You can lift it up. Ah. It's called. It's literally called a sneeze guard. Well, if it's if it's there, surely no. nothing. No. Is. So salad counters. You know, when you go in, there's the salad with the and sneeze guard hot. over yeah. it. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Chinese buffets. No. Anything that has a sneeze guard, not Sorry, for me. Salad buffet. No. <laughs> Just no <That> generally. <laughs> Do you, want, do, you want, do you want some salad? Not particularly. Do you want all the salad? No. <laughs> I like sal- I like salads, but like they go they go with the main with the carbs, stuff, yeah. obviously. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're, that's guilt food. You've got to put a bit of salad on your plate. This week's know. podcast is brought to you by Weight Watchers. Yeah, <laughs> Have we name checked enough brands here? I think Gino Ginelli. Let's put that <laughs> raise raise our skirts to show our ankles towards Pizza Hut. Uh, yeah. Um, did you see Wild Wild Country that documentary that came out? Mind blown. Yes. Well, you were talking about sneeze guards. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sinyasins they yeah. uh, had a campaign against the people of Oregon, and they put salmonella up in their sleeve. And had is that how they did it? Because I fell asleep halfway through. Like it, it was like on you know the Netflix I rolling guess, yeah. the guess, the, yeah. the rolling episode of Shame bit. and I haven't actually yeah. done yeah. the to the end yet. They drew their a hand over the magic. Oh, that's how they did yeah. it. Because it was like, how did they manage to make them sick? I don't know. I've been watching TV for hours. I'm just gonna go sleep now. And I, 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 I actually forgot to go back to the end of it. <laughs> they made them sick very early on in the campaign, though. Like, they they seem like to shoot their salmon- salmonella load very quickly. Mm. Quickly, there yeah. it is. 
looks like it. Sorry, I totally went over. Speaking of things you're afraid of, that woman Sheila from Wild Wild Country. I she's my icon. She lives in my eyes. I think she's marvelous. Oh, she is incredible. Very charismatic. A style icon. Tough titties. Tough titties, Oregon. Tough titties. Oh, I I walk into fire for that woman. That's what frightens me. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Pure steel. Your man, not so much. Which now, the guru guy. Oh, the guru guy is such a... He kind of just goes around doing like his like, hey, everybody. He's such a fuck boy. He's such a like, oh, Sheila wanted to fuck me and I didn't. That's why she's going crazy at me. It was like so... He's definitely one of those cases that some men are better not opening their mouths because he had a kind of an aura about him when he was yeah, all silent. Yeah, like when he didn't say anything, and then it was, was better. Like, well, you know, Sheila really wanted to do it and uh, <laughs> I didn't. So she, you know, and he had his weird sibilant. He'd elongate yeah. the last syllables. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind strange. of worried though that Sheila now lives is it in Switzerland? Switzerland, yeah. yeah. Minding very vulnerable old people. Is it people with Alzheimer's? I think so. Yeah. And She's n- like, I love Sheila. I think she's great. You wouldn't Caring want her looking industry. after your granny, like, mate. If sh- if my <laughs> granny was in there, she'd be out. I'd euthanize my gran before I'd let Sheila, let Sheila get her claws yeah. into her. Okay, that's fair enough. So Ed Smith, what's going on in your world? You're an adult now. You're not blind. Uh, I, I survived. You work, yeah, you work for Today FM. I have to wear glasses now, but um, I do take them off as much as I can, and I got to the stage where maybe Alison you'll relate to this yeah. my head feels light and weird when you say when your glasses are I, I don't feel complete they've kind of become mm. such a part of my face yeah but I'm editing all over the shop now these days mm-hmm. I'm doing I'm up to three three and a half four days part time adulting but I think the promise is I might go full time soon okay so doing full adult things full adult things adulting okay yeah, so uh, two two days a week I'm not in any way responsible uh, for my impact on the world. But for I'm up to four days now, so I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's going well. Well, yeah, if I get paid for it now, it'll be the next thing. But I've got to get in on the ground floor. But Sheila says I'm making great progress. So well, that's, that's good to know. And what Sheila says goes. Oh, you know it. So when you're when you're not working, because, you know, the podcast is called Fear. It's called Fun. And we are going to talk about fear. So what do you like to do for fun? For fun. In your spare uh, time? I'm a man of simple uh, needs and pleasures. I would I like meeting my friends. And getting extremely drunk. That sounds quite <laughs> juvenile. You know this, Claire. So we have a particular... I've never got drunk with you. I don't know what you're talking about. Can I name check? It sounds, it sounds rhymes with E-ready. <laughs> uh, and when we get together, it's heart-to-heart moida. Mm-hmm. So that is my dream, is to go out locally, a couple of pints in a bar. You can sit down and hear a conversation. Mm. And then back to someone's house, listen to Spotify with gin. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I don't need to go to nightclubs. I don't need to go to fancy restaurants, really. Mm-hmm. Uh that is my dream. I'm ha- very happy with a nice beer garden now with the weather being nice. A bit of day drinking. And it sounds like I'm an alcoholic. I'm not. But I only drink um, excessively twice a week. Okay. Well, that's mm. good to know. And the rest of the time you're in Today FM? In Today FM. I'm working there six days a week. So I produce the afternoon show with Fergal Darcy. Yay. And, uh, what yeah. a legend. Yeah, the old Darcy. So, yeah. uh, and then they've given me a little corner of the allotment on Sunday evenings for which I can plant my own musical vegetables. Mm-hmm. And that's called Ed Songs of Praise 7 to 9, and I'm loving that. Yes. It's a pretty great show. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. You that. love a good theme on your shows, don't you? Themes are a stable, um, a st- a stable of the show because it gives me something to hang my hat on each mm-hmm. and every week. If given free reign, uh, it's like I've done a few best man speeches. And I've that's been very kind of daunting for me. It's going to speak for maybe up to 10 to 15 minutes. But if you make it a rap or a poem, Mm-hmm. that gives you a little structure so give yeah. it a theme to the show like for example I did Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood Mac at the weekend Hi-o. so that they can, then you can build a show around a skeletal structure like that it sounds a bit boring now that I talk it no it's like talking about sex but um, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> both last for two hours on a Sunday I'm happy uh, Ew. where does uh, that come from Ew. I don't know it's probably some TV show is it I like it though. I don't know. Yeah. Covers all bases. But that's generally when I play football over Wednesday, go to the movies as much as I can and read what they call books. Yeah, it's, cool. it's not very exciting. No, it's But I'm very happy. It's vanilla. It's a pretty cool, like, I mean, you've got a cool job. Like, are you doing any gigs at the moment? You're uh, DJing. I'm, I'm in Whelan's once or twice a month down mm-hmm. the lovely Wiley Fox, just below the Sound House, which is a great venue. It's mm-hmm. down the keys past the Laughter Lounge. A lot of people asking, I don't know what the name of that key is. 
uh, I don't know, but it's near the. It's near. The, I know it's near the Jimmy Chung's buffet because I oh, yeah. shudder yes, every exactly. time I go past. Yes. I'm like, oh, so if gross. you get off the Abbey Street, uh, Lewis, <laughs> swing around the Abbey. It's just down the Used to be the pint, isn't it? Right? Used to be the pint. There we should go. give it a new name, like the Entertainment Quarter <laughs> of Dublin, <laughs> or you know, yeah, just yeah. down at the Laughter Entertainment Lane. Yeah. Laughter Lane. Yeah. So I DJ there as well. Andrea's got me down there, and I do the odd, you know, wedding bar mitzvah, yeah. whatever. And I'm, I'm loving that. I actually really enjoy that. It's good crack, isn't it? It's really great buzz. When you get a nice crowd and they're all polite, of course you have your... I can't say the word. How do you feel about people that ask re- for requests? Uh, oh, oh, no issue whatsoever, as long as they're polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can accept no for an answer. And accept that it's a request and not a demand. Mm. You're yes. asking rather than clicking your fingers. It's going, very much, Oi. yeah. Uh, as over the years, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, just there's ent- an entitlement. I've had, you know, the, the finger clicking... Mm-hmm. I'm paying for drinks here. No. Where is uh, the wiggle sound? And you go, mm. the wiggle sound. Or whatever it is, you go, listen, it's not the kind of, I'm always very polite to go, maybe go to Flannery's or it's probably more your speed. Not your speed, that sounds condescending, but the the music you're looking for is played over there more so than it is here. Yeah. And yeah. then you'll get the... They could try and give out to you. Like, it's a, yeah. I think it depends um, where you're gigging because sometimes people come up and go, they're like, oh, you play whatever. And you're like, look, honestly, no. And that's not like what the, the DJ in the other room plays either but what you should do is go to this other place yeah and if it's like early in the night they'll be like oh yeah. like thanks that's yeah. appreciate it and they'll go and they'll go to the other place and have a good night but if it's later like who do you think you are <laughs> you know and like start you're, you're telling me this Can and I'm, I like, I'm this trying care. to help i'm gonna ask what is potentially a divisive and controversial yes subject i'm more wary of girls coming up to me mm-hmm. than i am boys because i find that a fellow will come up and he'll be like, any chance? And you go, no. Sometimes girls are hyper aggressive mm. and they can be very in your face. And if you don't have what they want, I had a German girl come up to me a year ago. I was playing LCD sound system and she came up asking for a song. I was playing it off the laptop. I didn't, wasn't using vinyl or anything. And she goes, can I, what's the name of that song? I said, it's So You Wanted the Hit. And she turned around, she saw the vinyl, or she saw the laptop and she screamed, she turned around, and she started screaming at me going, you live a lie. You live a lie. She <laughs> <laughs> just stormed up. And I'm like, dude, it's it's oh eleven o'clock in Wheelands. I think goodness. we're all living a certain lie here. Yeah. You know, but, but she, she probably saw like a plenty of fish yeah. uh, a profile. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> you lie. If I get two, three oh girls, God. I'm a little bit no- more nervous. Oh right. I do, yeah. yeah, I find that that isn't I think for me, for girl for girl DJs, female DJs, whatever you want to say, um women love love it. Like if a woman walks by, they'd be like, Oh, you're yeah. DJing and you've got a pair of tits. Well done. Um, no, but like, no, but girl, like usually like most women that come up to me in the DJ box is like for a high five rather yeah. than act- yeah. to actually ask for a song. And then lads kind of like, because I think like as like as a male DJ, like the kind of thing is like, oh, you're going to get all the chicks. Like all the girls are going to come up to you and be all over you. Like guys do not come near me. Yeah, yeah that's like that for det- Detrimental. I would say. Why do you think that is? That they can like, oh, she's intimidated. too cool for me. No, they're like completely intimidated. That's madness. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I is it comedy is the same? Yeah, because I think it comes from sometimes not, not all not all lads. Like I have a boyfriend but, uh, and he's great. And generally people are great. But I, I feel like sometimes lads want to be better at either being able to like music and catalogue music than, mm-hmm. than their counterpart or be funnier than their partner they can't handle not being as funny as their partner or not right. knowing as much about music as their partner because that's a traditional role that they're supposed to fill I saw mm-hmm. a great tweet the other day mm-hmm. where the difference between a woman telling a joke and a man telling a joke that when a woman tells a joke this is obviously a generalisation but mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was quite powerful when a woman tells a joke and the crowd a couple of people there don't get it she'll kind of shrink away yeah. just let it go mm-hmm. and go damn it I need to work on that whereas when a man tells a joke he'll keep repeating it and it's not his fault that he didn't get it it's the couple of people there. Right. He'll, okay. keep har- he'll go, guys, like, that's the joke. The joke is this. And he'll, ex- he'll break it down to the point where they go, ah. And they go, yes, I am funny. So that's, I think, something interesting that I thought yeah. was yeah, relatable to. I used to do the door of um, the Petri dish of Irish comedy that is the Battle of the Axe, which is where all very brand new comedians go. And I would see 
women crying not a lot of women crying but some women having a cry after a bad gig Aww. and i've seen some guys do worse than those women that are crying over those gigs and go yeah it's great yeah yeah really love that bit, bit of a shit crowd they didn't really get it yeah or, yeah yeah and it like it definitely is not like i hang around with uh male comedians that are very in the camp of self-awareness and mm-hmm. knowing i don't know if it's a gender thing or if it's like a it's a bit of a gender thing and it's also like a a bit of um like the lads that I'm friends with in comedy are very full of empathy and mm-hmm. lads that I'm friends with in general mm-hmm. are full of empathy yeah and uh you need empathy to to kind of figure out where what what as an audience member would feel watching you so then you go oh, I've made mistakes I can see that yeah. the crowd didn't laugh and that's a good skill to have yeah that's a comedian. I think but confidence is good as well mm. so when you mm. when they're repeating that joke the audience will probably eventually laugh because they're like, yeah, you're right or whatever. It's two schools of comedy, ca- yeah, the t- empathy the strength or of confidence. I think the strength that it takes to get up on stage, even for six minutes, as you say, or yeah. you get to the 35 minutes, the strength of character, it's fine once you're comfortable with friends, but yeah. to lay yourself so bare mm-hmm. in front of strangers. I know that I would find sometimes in a smaller Irish club there's a lot of generosity in the crowd. Maybe I'm mm, overstating No, no, it. no, you're not. But that no. there, there is a willingness for the comedian to do well and they will. Yeah. Uh, there's an encouragement, and yeah. it's a lovely, it's a lovely feeling to have. But I've, I've, I've got a comedy gigs in in London and New York, where it's, it's like a gladiator's pit. Mm-hmm. That the, the, in London yes. especially, I've been to yeah. Jonglers. Not a, oh. And it's <laughs> sorry. It's quite up to, like I, I have to walk. I can't stand that. When there's a guy dying on the stage, they will do. You just feel too bad nothing. for like the transferred redner. I, I will like, actually oh walk God, to the bathroom so and just pace the floor. Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, people in London are so used to entertainment mm. and a quality of entertainment that they have no time oh. to help someone in their journey or anything because they're you know they're living their lives they work and this is their yeah. night out that week and if you are not of I hate good that quality, attitude though of like oh it's like sit, it's sitting back entertaining me yeah you know and like maybe that could like I don't know maybe it comes from DJing as well like I would never yeah. go to a gig and if like say if you because know, like you know like peaks and valleys or you might you can tell you can always tell when a dj is new and you kind of you want to like encourage yeah. them and stuff and like but if someone has a bad mix or something i could, could you ed could you ever imagine being like that was shit yeah. you know just, like you just kind of let it my go comprehension. you know and you i know? think these these kind of comedy hooligans like the football hooligans that go to the comedy hooligans, hooligans. I, think, I like that and i think yeah. that they i've been to gigs and i remember almost wanting to go on stage and just tell him this new comedian who's only like 17 or 18 very nervous and the, and the crowd were obviously this is in uh, London this is in London a couple of years ago and they ripped him they ripped him and he could they could have ended his career but it was like it was very much like a Roman Coliseum where yeah. they're sucking on the kind of quail's leg <laughs> and throwing them out I'm going next bring out the next one oh and I think there's an enjoyment They could, that's the sad thing to me is that they, they get an enjoyment of that yeah Awful. but it's I think DJing and comedy is so similar as in you know you're doing a good job by your audience you can see yeah when you're doing a good job you, your audience is out there dancing reacting to you having a good time and therefore yeah. you react off that because you're like oh they like that so i'm gonna try and put more here or i'm gonna or i'm gonna build the t- like with comedians, yeah it's like a collaborative attention yeah and you bring and you bring it up and you bring it down and that's what it is with comedy and you're always thinking and mm. i feel actually I haven't had this thought before, but it's a very similar thing. Well, you're yeah. reading the room, aren't you? You're reading Absolutely. the room. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the difference is with comedy, I suppose, you're putting out yourself with a lot more than... Yeah. We're putting out the works of other people and the words of other people and the music of other people, but we, I think... We are, but there is... Yeah, there's also... It's still definitely, like, you... Like, it's still you. You're going, this is me, this is what I play. Yeah, and it can, yeah. can be quite, like, terrifying. Yeah. But it can also be brilliant. Oh, it's mostly like, great. Like I was telling you guys earlier it. before we came on air, um, I spent the weekend, I was down at It Takes a Village. and Intrabalgan. Intrabalgan. Oh. oh, it was so was much. Nice chewy impression fun. there. <laughs> 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 That's nostalgic Very chewy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was unreal. But um, ended oh. up, and again, this is just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't think it's yeah. It's just it was just at the it was very sound. Everybody was there. It was very sound. Uh, it was like brilliant. Like the Sunday Times lads were playing in I don't know what it's called, but it's essentially like the Irish bar bit in Trebalgan. Yeah. And uh, the bass was so heavy that it shattered a light fitting, which wow. is quite funny. Wow. But they were amazing. Tunes is amazing. Um, tunes are amazing. And Eddie Kay was playing in the arcade, like literally in the arcade in Trebalgan. Wow. And he was set up in the corner on a table that was inexplicably covered in tin foil. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know why. Um, but myself and Kira Brady were like dancing. We we're like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, do you have USBs with you? And we were like, of course. <laughs> obviously. And he was like, do you want to play I for a bit? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> we are like, yes, we USBs do. USBs are in. But we were just like, we were just playing away. And oh my God, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was really, really class. Yeah. I, it's such a, do, I bet you 10 quid with DJs. Do you get... You don't get paid when you first start doing DJing. Do you have to prove Sometimes to a venue? Sometimes you actually kind of hold it. Let me do the first one. For you free. definitely have to put your put your stripe, like earn your stripes and stuff. And yeah. like you do, like the worst, the kind of the worst slots, or you might like you know hang around, like just hang around a DJ that you admire, like a bad smell for a this while, exactly and eventually like they'll let you like do the warm up, like do the first half course, hour yeah. or whatever. It's understandable as well. I mean, yeah. everyone thinks they're a DJ, but I don't think many people would consider themselves comedians I mean I mean socially do you know but I think that I think with, with DJing this is me in particular now I find that I suppose working for Today FM has helped grease the wheels yeah. of the ladder the, the wheels on the ladder but <laughs> anyway I'm going up a ladder it's greasy that's my own personal thing but I think working for a national station like that has opened a few doors for me because mm. I wouldn't be on, at the level that, that Claire is when it comes to DJing oh stop no, no, no as regards <laughs> the, the technical side of things like you mean you beat match and all that whereas I'm going from Stone Roses into the presence of the United States, mm-hmm. I'll just let them fade into each other. So, I mean, what's more important to me is getting the sequence of songs right and reading yeah. the crowd. But uh, to, to watch you, DJ, or Kelly Ann Byrne, really specifically, to my mind, one of the best in the country, just is a joy to watch the technical side of that. Yeah. Or Caper and Harding is excellent at that as well. Yeah. That, whereas I'll just go, that's another song. Here's another one. I think Here's that's absolutely one. fine, though. Oh, I always yeah, say that, like, I, like, people, like, ask me for, uh, women in particular ask me mm. for DJ lessons all the time. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Come on over. And I always say that to them, do not be put off by the buttons and the bits. Mm. It doesn't matter the tunes and entertaining. That's the most important bit. That's just practice. Like, all the technical side of it is practice. It doesn't matter. It comes in time. Or you might, like Ed said, like, decide that the style of music you want to play doesn't need that. Um, but it's, like... Fine. It's fine. It's absolutely so fine. So the Wheelands crowd don't come up and go, dude, that, you know. That mix. <laughs> Pixies into the Charlton's. That was a bit clunky. You know, can we, like, no, Oh my God, fine. imagine. They're oh just drinking God. cider. And so is that like, is it kind of the same, like comedy is kind of the same that you kind of, Definitely. like you were saying, you've got like the, you're building tension in a room and you're doing this and you're reading the crowds and then there's also the kind of, but like obviously the meat of it is if you're not funny, you're not funny. You know, so. Yeah, that, that's it. I, I love, um, do you know when you get a song and you know that the drop isn't coming for about four or five minutes? Yes. But it's wor- you know it's going to be worth it and that people are just going to be kind of, for the first minute, swaying and going, what's this? And mm-hmm. they keep going and going. And th- like there's, I love doing jokes like that. It's, it's um, where, where you get to, you're chatting shite for about two minutes and people are like, what's she, gonna, what's she on about? And then bang, you got a nice punchline at the end. Oh, God, so, it must be just yeah, it's such a the most satisfying yeah. thing, uh, you know. And also, I, I presume w- when you w- at the first part of your set, do you have to put on a few bangers to establish that? It kind of depends. You're a good DJ, or yeah, it, it depends. Depend. So, it, it, like, say if you're if it's like at a festival or something, and you're playing after somebody, yeah. then you kind of look at what they're doing, and then like for me, I kind of go, okay, well, I want to maybe change it a little bit too because it's like the start or we'll do something slightly different or if you've the room to yourself for the night you can kind of just build it up and then you're going like up down sideways yeah. it's like you know this kind of thing that's what it's like if you get an hour long show do you know like yeah. you're setting out that's your own stuff yeah it's cool. very similar really I have yeah. never thought about this before but I suppose when you're, when you're transitioning from joke to joke it's like segueing between tracks you, you yeah. know, it has yeah. to be s- relatively seamless yeah. yeah okay now we're talking about my family now and, and then you have to let it kind of flow. Yeah. That's what you know. And people DJ will be looking well. at you, going, "What are you doing?" When you're DJ, like you like, don't know what you're doing because you're going from something to something, but you're doing it. And for you're a like, reason. "I've got a reason for this, guys." Yeah, <laughs> it's the same, yeah. the exact same with comedy. Yeah, I must ask actually, how yeah. do this kind of a boring question for people? No, people like ask you guys, but like just for me, like I am so in awe of what you do. Like oh. I can't imagine getting up on a it's stage and. <laughs> Telling you know that kind of way like I just I can't like the balls like because I don't know like I, and you have a radio background as well yeah. like maybe that helps with like the developing a thick skin yeah. but like when people like if you're sitting in a radio studio and like people are being mean or whatever you're like whatever yeah. but when they're in front of you like how did you first kind of get into comedy and decide I'm going to I want to do stand-up I'm going to do stand-up I'm so the story is that uh, I worked in iRadio and Bernard O'Shea was the breakfast DJ at the time 
and uh, he said to me, there's a gig happening with Peter Gallagher. I think you'd be good at doing stand-up comedy. You can have seven minutes if you want. And wow. Keith Walsh was doing yeah. seven minutes as well. So he drove me down to Port Leash to do this gig. What were you feeling? I couldn't give a hoop about comedy at the time. Mm. I It was just uh, something I'd never watched. Uh, there was no comedy clubs in Westmead. I'd seen Eddie Murphy Raw. <sighs> I was in college. There, uh, my comedic tastes weren't developed in any way at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I said, sure, look, I'll do it for the crack and I never met PJ Gallagher before and I was like oh it's a celebrity I'll yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go to Port Leash and meet the fella off the telly um, <laughs> and I did the gig and um, I was nervous about it but I kind of didn't care whether it went wrong because it wasn't like I had a big love for radio at the time mm -hmm. so that was the the main thing so this thing was not going to be a career for me or anything like that it was just going to be it was just going to be a little uh, bit of crack bit of crack and I did it and I suddenly got very nervous about 10 minutes before. I'm like, what are you doing? And um, I did it anyway. And it was just lots of stories about my nan, my granny. Um, she bought a hot tub um, the month before. So I was doing lots of anecdotes about that. And <laughs> Thanks, granny. That was a perfect setup. Yeah, <laughs> perfect yeah. setup. And I did it on this massive rush of adrenaline of, of just, I felt like I was the king of comedy coming off stage and I look back now and I was like you were definitely those people were being polite probably you know <laughs> this was not doing like doing joke a, wheelies outside the club yeah because yeah, like, <laughs> like if you introduce someone and they, you go uh, this is Alison Spittle it's her first ever gig and I, I was 21 at the time and I looked very young for my age mm -hmm. so it would have been just this little chubby country girl going hello you know yeah. you'd, you'd give her a bit of slack so I'd say I was given slack and I did it, but I felt like I had slayed the room. And um, I just wanted to do comedy ever since then and just chase the same adrenaline rush. Yeah. And it nearly, I never hit it. I never get quite what I got. Chasing the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I still have fun. Loads of fun. And I've met so many brilliant people. They just, ugh, so many horrible people and so many brilliant people. It's fantastic. The extremes yeah. of humanity, I'd say, when you're. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think being a being a comedian's a lot like being a taxi driver like you see extremes of people mm. that do taxi driving and uh they do taxi like some people that do taxi driving may do it because they're self-employed and they don't have a boss and there's no hr department and like they can just do their mm. job and be themselves yeah and comedy it's like that as well there's a lot of people that do comedy and probably myself included couldn't have a normal job just because we're not built that way yeah yeah and it's not like we're behemoths or anything like that mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have know. you ever taken a break have you ever gone like oh like i've like i've heard yeah. you tell like i heard you tell a story about turning up to do a gig and someone had shit on a chair yeah you know like so when, when and like the stank out the room but like stuff like that have you ever had a chance to like like i'm not doing this anymore have you ever taken a break and then totally kind of reeled yourself back in um, the first year, I, uh, so a year after I started doing comedy, I was going up and down to Dublin on the bus and I was living in Westmead and I was a bit depressed at the time and uh, I just gave up doing comedy because I couldn't handle going on a bus for three hours and kind of um, sometimes the gig wouldn't happen because um, people might not turn up. It's just right, the okay. way Dublin goes. And um, I just thought this is too much effort and um, I gave it up for a year. And I moved up to Dublin and I did it um, again and I loved it then. But I regret giving it up for a year because it definitely held me back. I was making inroads into places oh, right. and I need to start all over again, mm -hmm. which is fine. But um, yeah, I did. I did kind of uh, let myself get on top of myself and give up. Well, yeah, the first yeah. time I encountered you, I'm, I'm probably late to the party here, it was Republic of Telly and you were doing a guide to Mullingar. Was it, or oh, yeah. Yeah. That was that was five years ago. Imagine it. And I remember thinking, and I really liked Republic of Telly. Mm -hmm. mm. And I was kind of half watching it. And then I saw you coming on. I was like, who's this one now? And I was like, there's something going on here. Mm. I've never seen anything like it. It was just like, especially when you're from outside Dublin. And mm. I grew up in the country as well. That like country comedians tend to be kind of uh, of a certain hue. And they kind of take the same path. And there's very few female, actually, country comedians that 
that yeah. are now to my mind, but they, they are since. But when I grew up, it wasn't. But mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I saw you coming, th- I think you were climbing a gate or something, or you're coming through, through a field. I was like, oh my god! And I said to my mate Paul, I was like, watch this one here now. There's something, <laughs> there's something magic mm. going on here, and the sketch was excellent as well. But I thought you brought something that's kind of real fresh, kind of uh, unique and natural perspective on it. You didn't seem like you were acting, or I'm just saying that's it's so just nice. Here, but it's true. Thank you. I enjoyed Aww. making. Yeah. Oh. No, but the thing is, like a lot of it's hard. Like you can, you can be very funny and and unlikable. And I think as a kind of I've been watching comedians for years. I've seen comedians with the sharpest written jokes, like perfectly formed. Yeah. And then they say them, and they go, "Ah, no." Yeah. But then someone who has Alison's like comic ability and that kind of innate warmth and likability that is a, it's a rare combination but when it works this is what you get there you go oh my god yeah, there we go. go oh my gosh it's where I was dead the way you're talking about me it's lovely <laughs> it's that I nice check your pulse it's that nice I'd wanted to be on I've my just, obituary I've just, I've just oh no I've just shot my eulogy load now this time you have oh, you I'm shooting loads of <laughs> page oh, of Dr. Freud us. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about kind of TV st- like so you've got like your comedy and then you've got the radio stuff and you're kind of yeah you've got the podcast which like kind of, kind of like radio yeah and then you do the TV like do you have a favorite out of everything or is I, it all different? It's all different. Like the so the stand up is that direct hit you get each time you 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 do it and you feel mm-hmm. good for the night if you if you've done a good job. Um, radio, I kind of like podcasting. Uh, at the moment, um, ra- rather than um, radio, because I just don't think I'm suited to it. Like, I got out of radio because I just was not suited to, to do commercial radio. And I love I love radio. Like, I've always, I loved, uh, when I was a young one, my granddad gave me this um, radio that had long wave, medium wave, short wave, and FM. Oh. And I used to listen to English language uh, I think it was it was basically this American voice that was like this is the voice of China oh, and they yeah, would tell yeah, you yeah. all the like traffic stuff that's going on in Beijing and then they would be like communism is bad and it was just <laughs> hilarious like uh, those radios were powerful though back mm, in the day they were Mexican radio and yeah everything. but yeah. sure they sure um, wasn't there whole military coups uh, down in yep. South America done off, off radio I, I, I love radio uh, generally like if, if I'm in the taxi and Jota is on I'm so happy because, <laughs> you know, no matter what they're complaining about. And that's the power of like radio. And I, I, I don't think that will be lost. Mm-hmm. But I think podcasts is just bringing something a bit different. I think it's like an extra. Kind it of is actually. You listen to podcasts not when you're supposed to be listening to the radio. It's like oh, it's when you're supposed to be listening to your inner thoughts. You put on a podcast. Mm. Do you know if you're going for a run? Or you're a bit depressed and you don't a bit think about stuff. I put on podcasts all the time. So do I. I shouldn't say yeah. that, but I do. Yeah. No, but yeah. like there's room for both. Like I love like this. For me, nothing, absolutely nothing compares to the warmth and, you know, of like listening to live radio. I think yeah. there's nothing like it. But podcasts, I kind of got into listening to them quite late just because I didn't have time. Um, but I've got, I picked up quite a bad habit is I like falling asleep listening to podcasts mm. now. So I really, I love falling asleep to distract pieces right yeah um scroobius pips one just because i love his voice um blind boy i had to stop listening to him late at night because i find his lovely limerick lilt so soothing that i just nod off <laughs> and it takes me about a week to get through one episode so i listen nice. to him in the day now um really bad mistake that i made the other night um there is this podcast called girls gotta eat um I've and it is this, yeah. two ladies one is a comedian one is a food photographer yeah but they have like just a couple of very successful instagram accounts they're just these two new york kind of instagram star ladies but they just like they basically just talk about like dating and all this kind of stuff but they're absolutely hilarious but i fell asleep listening to whatever app i was using it just was rolling through them all and i had like loads of stress dreams about all my (laughs) ex-boyfriends coming to get me and i woke up in like a sweat and i was just like what's what's going on and then i I, my phone had like rolled over onto the floor and i could hear the two of them like just chatting away and i was like okay i'm only gonna listen to that in the day from now on but do listen to it it's hilarious i i have specific i listen to murder podcasts when i'm cleaning Mm. and that's the only time don't listen listen to them falling asleep (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no and like my t- two favorite my favorite murderer is a uh, is an american um podcast with two uh comedians on it uh, i think they're they've sold out two nights of vicar street they're that popular i actually thought you're going to name your favorite murderer there oh who That's is my favorite murderer who would you say now um, in the desert island discs of murderers who you, who'd you bring oh 
I'm trying to think of like a, a murder that's good. Ted, you know? Ted Bundy. I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I'm retro because I'm a hipster. Ooh. Like the 70s serial killers. Oh, nice. Like the originals. I think the 70s was the most serial killery. Definitely. Decade. It kind of has that kind of spooky almost. The fashion suits. Just everything about the 70s yeah, is slightly it's kind spooky. Yeah, savagery to it. And, yeah, and the, and the there's a horrible vi- veneer. <laughs> there's... Yeah, I think yeah. it's the film they use in the in the show reels and the and the news. It yeah. adds that really kind of <laughs> awful, uh, kind of fluorescent glare. Yeah, yeah. And I, maybe I'm thinking overthinking that a little bit. Ed's been hanging around Stony Batter too long. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. everything has a filter <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> what filter? My eyes are filters. <laughs> Your eyes that you almost, I almost went fell off blind my penny farthing the other day thinking oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> my um, brother used to live in East Van, which is a very uh, hip area of um, Vancouver, and uh, he once saw a hipster on a penny fire thing cycling oh. up a hill like no. with a coffee and one really hand. oh yeah. my gosh well, and he was, was wearing yeah. he was wearing it was a suit but the bottoms were shorts instead of long pants i saw um a lady ahead of me on the bike i was cycling into stony batter down the keys and her she had a long skirt on and kind of uh dreads Mm-hmm. And she was heading towards Tony Banner's like, well, story checks out so far. <laughs> right. And But her skirt was kind of fluttering around the spokes of her back wheel. I was like, oh, dude, I don't know if this is... But yeah. she was kind of bobbing and weaving left and right. And if you go down the keys towards James Joyce, it's a bit sketchy because there's no bike lane. Yeah. Mm. It was about nine or ten at night when I was working late. And she was bobbing and weaving. So I said, you know, to hell with this. I'm going to overtake her. I yeah. don't know, which is a and risky And let her move. know that, yeah. I was like, I'm going to shake my fist because I'm going to take my hand off the handlebar. And I wasn't really. But I was like, just want to get her out of my line of sight because she seems not to be with it. Oh, um, I thought yeah. you were going up to warn her that her skirt was very No, 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 wrapped. but oh, that's okay. what I thought was the danger Do you imagine thing. if he did? Excuse me, your skirt? <laughs> Young lady. <laughs> I have noticed <laughs> your skirt. At 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I've been watching your skirt for four months. Yeah. Sorry, please continue. And then <laughs> as I passed her, it wasn't the skirt that was the issue. She was blowing into one of those mouth organ things. <gasps> that you know, they kind of have a little keyboard and you go... No. <laughs> and she had to never hands on the handlebars at all. Oh my God. Down the keys... <laughs> And I was like, uh, oh my, I've never felt... More uh, stony batter? More, more or less, or less stony batter. <laughs> oh my God. You're giving us a bad name! As oh I went my past. God. Yeah, but I was like, this is outrageous. Outrageous! <laughs> oh my God. So Alison Spittle, yeah. tell me, what is your biggest fear? Dying. Dying. Dying, but... Okay, this is... Well, I used to read encyclopedias when I was a young kid, uh, especially the biography section. It was... Uh, of was it? Encyclopedia Britannica had like a whole little book dedicated to famous people throughout the years and I would read about these people and then I'd go but there's millions of people that are not in this book and no one will remember these millions of people so I was a little egomaniac when I was a kid and wanted to invent something and be remembered mm-hmm. um, and then I decided to be a comedian <laughs> I suppose it's tapping into that vein I would say but so yeah yeah, you kind of, um, I was thinking, you know, my family will die. I will die. People I know will die. Like generate Can in I just 150 ask years. Can of interest, in that order of preference, you said your family will die first. <laughs> and then you're going to die? I want to Have see Have you got them. something planned here, Alison? <laughs> She's been listening to a lot of murder yeah, cop podcasts. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to cook a lovely meal from the podcast that Claire recommended. And I've got uh, salmonella sleeves for yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> one for everybody in the audience uh, <laughs> no um, yeah I, I've always been kind of very obsessed with the concept of your memories going with you and then people's memories going with them and then in 200 years what will it matter Ev- everyone you know will be dead and then the buildings will go eventually and the trees will go and then the sun will blow up and take away the earth in millions of years mm-hmm. and then what I'm just afraid of the blackness after death <laughs> that's I put it down to just being asleep. I just don't want to have a painful death. If I die in my sleep and I don't know I'm going to die, that would be my dream way. Mm. And I've I've, I've sorted my business out. But if I just go to sleep and I see you tomorrow and I don't, I don't feel any pain. But I kind of think like, you know the way like before you were born, you just weren't here. Mm. Yeah. I feel like after you die, you'll go back to just not being here anymore. Just like flicking off switch. So like, you're not going to like do you yeah. like do you like catastrophize it in your brain sometimes and get really sad because you're like oh, i don't want everyone i love to die i don't want to die all the time that's i'd oh. say that's like 80 percent of what i think about like 10 percent is jokes and then 10 <laughs> percent is pizza yeah pizza. <laughs> then 80 percent is the death of, all of my family and myself yeah and um, yeah I, I just um i f- 
was very religious when I was a kid and I was always afraid of God. Um, and that turned into, and then one day I didn't believe in it anymore. It was a very quick kind of like gone. And then I had a general fear and I didn't know what it was of. And I keep trying to uh, figure out what the fear is. It's weird. Did you feel any anger when you realized that you didn't believe in a God as such? And you'd maybe spent a lot of, you know, your childhood worrying about going to hell. And yeah. Stuff. What a waste. Was it? Yeah, like I used to pray to God the whole time. My my dad, like I do a set about this. Like my dad is um, atheist and my mum is Catholic and I was brought up Catholic. And I went to Sunday school in England and they were they were lovely. They were probably very lovely ladies, but I was a young kid and I took everything very literally. So when you're told that only Catholics go to heaven, I was like, I know. And actually I went to school in London where I was the only kid that was um christian i'd say mm -hmm. so like, uh, like you thought all your friends and your dad were going to hell yeah yeah because all like my 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 schoolmates mothers would come in each different festival and they'd be like the valley or eid or you know and it's not that i didn't think that their god existed too but i was told that only i am going to heaven and then i would worry about like my friend jockey or whatever I'd be like yeah she better go to heaven too or you know so when you think about awful. it, it's absolutely insane what you expose children to yeah. at such a young and vulnerable and mushy yeah. brained here you go. You know, um like I was I was I went through like a maybe a period of four or five years where I'd say decades of the rosary each night. And if I thought, Oh, did I I didn't say enough for my, my granny Mary. Yes. It became I mean, a kind you of an O C D then. It became oh a kind God. of like a competitive O C D thing. Whereas like I oh, if I said five for that side of my dad's side of the family. I'll do one more for my mum's side and I'll go, oh, is that balanced out? And I, I would get very kind of yeah. circularly anxious about it. And it was like, it wasn't anything to do with God, really. You know what I mean? It, wasn't, yeah. it was just the fact that it was the guilt. It was obviously. This yeah, I think like the, like the literal fear of God is put into you. If you grew up Catholic, mm. like mm. in Ireland or in London for you, Alison, like I remember being like, okay, this is the absolute glamour, but I was on my holidays down in my friend's caravan in Wexford and it was raining, of course. And it was like <laughs> this religious, religious film on. And I can't remember what, but it was really dark and sinister. I just remember this bit, it was like this man and he, he, it was something like he, 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 oh, oh, everything was going really badly for him because he didn't believe in God and it was like the man climbed up a tree and then he fell and then he was dead and all of this yeah. stuff and I was like oh my God and like I went to like Catholic went mm. to like a, a school with nuns and we had to go to mass in the morning and stuff and the priest would be like they put a lot of pressure on you to like not like sin and not like do all these things like I'd be, you'd be very stressed out about it like well God is such an asshole in the, the first testament oh such an asshole Old I was going to say that he is such an asshole and you're going like Lot's wife, all she does is flick, look over her shoulder. Salt. Yeah, she turns Dude, relax, salt. relax. Yeah. You know, just chill out. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to love us. And I think their definition of what love was, I'm doing this because I love you. And you're going, yeah. it's very confusing for a yeah. child. It's an abuse. Like, if if you're going out with someone and they did something bad to you and they said, I'm doing this because I love you. Yeah. It's, it's one-on-one abuse. Yeah, and big time. Um, this is for your own good. Yeah, it's or, not. Yeah, Adam and Eve, why... Why did God put the snake there? Like why? Yeah. Why? And what agenda? What did he have? Do you know what I mean? Like if he's the Almighty and omnis omnipresent, that like there's no one above him. He's the boss man. Yeah. Why just let it go? Yeah. yeah. You know what's who's he answering to? Going well. And then all of the stories as well are very open to interpretation. Like I remember being in maybe like third or fourth class, and my teacher saying to us. Well, you know, like the Adam Adam and Eve didn't actually exist. Uh, the story is like a you know a metaphor for this, that, and the other, and we were like. What? What yeah. do you mean? Like our little tiny minds were blown. We're like, we, we don't understand. Women we, are we, greedy bitches we and will we'll destroy you and doom you for life. Oh like, my god! Like it's just like I think what when you asked Alison, how did you feel when you stopped? When I stopped, I was I was mortified. I were was mortified. I was embarrassed. Going, what was I? And and you kind of like the Oz curtain is revealed. You're going, yeah. It all just comes tumbling down. You go, oh my god, I can't believe there's a man living in a whale. I believe yeah. that. You know, and yeah. you're going. And I think it was after my father passed that it, everything just, I finally just looked at it head on right in the eyeballs and went, you don't exist. And then it was like, it was the, a huge relief because mm -hmm. then you can make up your own rules and mm. go by your own moral code. And if you do something good, then it's down to you and you don't, you don't sublet it or subcontract your moral yeah. compass or your moral actions to 
a ghost, essentially. <laughs> so um, it was a massive relief. And it kind of, it really improved my life immeasurably. Yeah. It's yeah. a very, it's a strange old religion. I know like a lot of religions are, yeah. are strange, but Catholicism, like, it's pretty extreme. It's, it it's pretty extreme. And, and this is not like backtracking where I go, like everyone's entitled to beliefs. But, you know, sometimes when I go to church um, for family occasions and I see... I see like the, the women putting the flowers on the church and, you know, hoovering the church. They look so at peace. And yeah. I envy some people. I do envy yeah. them. It's mad. Like I do, like I do envy them because before I feared God because that was something to fear and I could go, that's what I fear. Yes. But now I don't have anything to point that fear into. Mike, you were talking about your dad passed. How mm. old were you when your dad passed? I was just 30. 30. Mm. When my my grandmother passed, she was um, an atheist. And she was like a very staunch atheist, the most staunch atheist in the family in the English side. And I, like, even when I was 19, like I didn't believe in God anymore, but I kind of... Um, I I was I, I would have called myself agnostic. I'd like mm-hmm. to cling on to the hope that there yeah. was a god. And she got told she was going to die and um she planned out her funeral and she was really um calm and I and I saw her being so calm in the face of dying mm-hmm. and my Irish grandparents are lovely. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. So they threw holy water at the problem. They were giving her like yeah, mass cards, know. you know, because yeah. that's what you do. I think there's, I mean, Ireland, Ireland and Irish people, well, obviously, yeah. have, have, a, have a beautiful attitude towards death. Mm. You know, they, they, they do deal with it in a very kind of warm and direct way. You know, funerals, yeah. I've been, both my parents have passed. And, when, and, and even as an atheist, there is a certain comfort. But people are so good, and the goodness, the decency, mm-hmm. and strangers, even people say, oh, it must have been awful being in the funeral home. There was a, a queue snaking down all Main Street and Mill Street for my father. And every single one of them helped. That yeah. little squeeze of the hand and the touch of the shoulder. Yeah. And it's all a circus. And it's like that thing yeah. that someone, it, like it made, you know, it made, um, the, the person made enough of an impact. In yeah. that, that person's life, that they were like, no, I, want I really want to come funeral, down basically. and like, That's yeah, <laughs> I want the biggest <laughs> funeral. That means you've done it. You've done a good job living. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I never so thought true. about it like that. And I yeah. said that to my friend once. She goes, "That's very egotistical." He's good. No, it's not. Mm. It's like if there's a huge crowd at my funeral, there's people weeping, yeah. and they're all telling lovely stories. Job yeah. done. You've you've lived a good life. Yeah, and that's that's a sign. I think, especially in this country. Mm-hmm. The English people is like there's barely the, the corpse there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in English funerals, you know, they're six very weeks, different. That's, it's anathema to us. It's like mm. let's get this. Funerals yeah. are very let's different. Get this party started as such. I went to my yeah. great grandmother's funeral, and there was people like she she would have lived in Birmingham, and had three kids, and then like English and the English side of my family have like two or three kids at most, so not a big family. Mm. Mm-hmm. And her, I remember there were some people at the back of the church, and they were employed there to sing. And they like the the place was not it was empty it was empty yeah and um and, and there was her family there and everything but when you go to an Irish it feels empty compared to an Irish funeral yeah my my um, so my friend's granny died and I'm really good friends with my friend and I went to comfort him and yeah. that's what I love about Irish people as well it's is like that you know everybody goes and and also like yeah. funeral food is really I do like I do 15 minutes the sandwiches of and the tea yeah. and yeah some woman making a lasagna yeah. bringing it down but the machine just kicks in yes. and it's, I think it's innate and subconscious because we've all grown up with funerals and it's just a machine you can almost like hear it clicking together like a transformer and everyone just goes and does and the a little neighbors, bit and helps my aunt's yeah. husband died last year and suddenly there was an army yeah of mm-hmm. 50 year old 60 year old women yeah. who just and it was like they all d- subconsciously knew what to do when to do it you never out a cup of tea and she was never without company yeah. and to this day when I call visit her there's somebody almost there every day to check in yeah. Yeah. and oh, it's, I think so it's lovely. absolutely beautiful and yeah. I have no disrespect for anyone that is religious yeah. but I don't think that's religion though Ed I think that's uh, just the, like uh, the nature of Irish people and the exactly. soundness of Irish people yeah. yeah, yeah. you know and like I mean it's lovely that's what you were saying um, that like the women like seeing women like working in the church and being at peace like but for me I think maybe you're the same like I didn't get any joy out of my Catholic no. upbringing it was all fear and it was all like this is going to happen that you know and my parents separated when I was very young oh, me too. and I was like are, are my is my mom and dad going to go to hell now because they're 
they wanted well they couldn't get divorced at the time but because they're separated like are they you know and I didn't want my mom to go to hell and I was very upset about it like um my dad had a very severe car crash when I was about seven and he was in he was in Bournemouth for six months and was in a wheelchair for years and I was convinced it was because he was an atheist that mm. he oh had that car crash well it's not and it's nobody told me that you know I can't go but of course you're this smart. But you kind of put two one and two, two together. together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're going to tell if you do bad things, bad things will happen. Yeah. yeah and, that and if it's being a, an atheist is a bad thing, well, mm. tough luck, motherfucker. Like that's and yeah. Like, and, and, the, and Old Testament God, they, now they try to, for the sequel in, in the Second Testament or Testament 2, <laughs> they try and soften things <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. You know, I love you, my son. That's why. And I could never get my head around the fact this is our heavenly father and it's your, yeah. they call Mary your mother. Yeah. Uh, but for, for, as a heavenly father, really and truly, yeah, he treated his son very poorly and allowed him to go through all that suffering. They didn't have to really. Did he really didn't have, have to. to? You know, just maybe get a little scratch here and there, make it straight. He could sprain an ankle, but yeah. all, we don't need for you to go. Well, I can't, my son died for you, so what greater sacrifice can I? Well, yeah, that was a bit much. God, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's like someone turning up at your. Mm. birthday with a, too much of a present you go mm-hmm. oh I, I, I didn't quite yeah we're just having a few drinks now. it's grand yeah yeah you yeah. <laughs> have to bring a puppy i mean i'll still keep us yeah like especially yeah. if it's a puppy right, but we'll you know the yeah. dynamic of that relationship is now forever changed yes why i owe you <laughs> yes you know, and it's that's yeah. the kind of like and there's a certain i think irish people are attracted to that kind of like well do you remember that time Ooh. do you know that kind of like there is a certain kind of well <laughs> Very passive aggressive. Yes. We're a very passive aggressive nation, and we never yeah. forget. And I think, well, at that time, I learned how now my uh, my my cl- cl- clippers for the garden, and well, I never yeah. got it back for a week. That's, that's fine. That's, that's, well, that's, that's, that's French. Look to me, that's like colonialism. Your garden looks great now. Wouldn't it be great to have a pair of clippers? Wouldn't it be great to have? Comparing Jesus to clippers, I think that's the full the circle of life we've achieved. You're going to hell, Ed Smith. Good burn. All your friends will be there. So. I suppose like it's fine. Imagine it does exist though. This is a Descartes that says you might as well believe in God because yeah. if he's there, you're in. You're in, yeah. And if he doesn't exist, well, she've lost nothing. Mm. So I, I do miss the do concept of lighting candles for people. Do you know? I there's no atheist equivalent of going best to look with the exam today. I'll light a candle for you. Or there isn't, is there? There isn't. No. They'll burn something though. Maybe I don't know if that's a kind of yeah. The sentiment you're. Yeah. You know, we we have to accept that we don't control anything. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. That's so that's what. Great. So yeah. you yourself, Ed Smith, coming up, you've got Stony Batter Festival. Stony Batter Festivals. I'm involved in the music community for that. So listen out for. I'll be giving a shout outs on Twitter at Ed Songs of Praise. Also, I'll be gigging in Wheelands and the Wiley Fox. I've got summer residency now in the Wiley Fox from July through to. June through to August, as they say. June through to August. Fantastic. My own show on Sunday, 7 to 9. It's Songs of Praise. It's Songs of Praise. (laughs) Little nod to his very religious I might play the fear now by the dubs. (laughs) (laughs) To wrap it all up with a nice little bow. Alison Smittle, Ed Smith, thank you so much for coming in. It's been so fun. Cheers. Well, that was definitely a lot more fun than fear, which is good because that's what I like about the podcast. We called it Fear Fun. Sometimes it gets quite dark. Sometimes we just have the crack. So cheers again, Ed Smith and Alison Spittle. And do check out Ed's radio show on Today FM on a Sunday night and Alison's most excellent podcast here on the Head Stuff Network, The Alison Spittle Show. Um, if you are enjoying Fear Fun, please do me a massive, massive favor and leave a nice review. You can also subscribe to it which means you don't need to worry about going rooting around on the internet for it every two weeks it'll just go into your queue and um yeah if you want to be mad sound you can leave a review as well and um, you don't have to you don't have to but subscribing it's good for everybody just do it um okay thanks for listening talk soon Lock it up For the word fear Is fun Now try spell punk Without using fun